Welcome to The Teacher's Story. I'm Jackie Scully. This is a podcast to elevate teacher voice. In this program, you will hear teachers sharing their journey into this profession and their ideas for education. This is about honest, vulnerable, inspiring storytelling. It's a time and a space for teachers to share their ideas for the future of education. Teachers are beautiful beings who give their heart and soul to their community. They're innovators, they're inspirational, not only to children, but to the people around them. And they deserve to share their voice. So welcome to The Teacher's Story. Enjoy. Hi, welcome to The Teacher's Story. I'm Jackie Scully, and today we have Fardeen Black with us from Kenya, a student, a young activist. Hello, welcome. And I'm just going to give a brief introduction, and then we will carry on with our interview. So a little bit about Fardeen. The United Nations Convention on Rights of the Child is a universally recognized framework for promoting and protecting the rights of children. It has been 75 years since the human rights was launched and 35 years since countries ratified the Convention on the Rights of the Child. Despite its widespread adoption, many children remain unaware of their rights. At governments, communities, and corporates, all further sensitizing and engaging citizens to fulfill their responsibilities. I have with me today a very special guest. His name is Fardeen Black, who is a global citizen, super activist, two-time international Children Peace Prize nominee, one of the youngest global goal activators. He is also one of the youngest global goal educators. He is a child. My youngest, my first youngest educator and guest on the Teacher Story podcast. Fardeen Black started when he was eight years old as a global citizen. He joins us all the way from Nairobi, Kenya, in Africa. Fardeen Black is discussing with me his perspectives and experiences as global goals educator and children's rights activist. Welcome so much to the Teacher Story pod- podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Uh, thank you very much. Amazing introduction. And yeah, let's start, let's kick this podcast off. Sure. My first question for you is just to learn a little bit about your background. So what was it like and had still to be a student um, in Kenya and, you know, some life experiences in your background that maybe are going to build into your story about being an activist? I mean, great, great question. And we can start off by mentioning that Article 2 of the UNCRC mentions that no matter who you are, where you're from, where you live, or what religion you believe in, you have the right to get your voice heard without any form of discrimination. Isn't this great? Yes, I think we need to be doing this and talking about it more. Yeah, and this gives me a lot of power to talk today. Well, I'm going to be talking to you about my Why Not campaign, and as kids, we are raising our concerns. And there is talk about whether the system of education is suitable for us, the 21st century learners. And education is provided for under Article 29 of the UNCRC, which provides that children's education should help them fully develop their personalities, talents, and abilities. And it should also teach us children to understand our own rights and to respect other people's rights, cultures, and differences. It should also help us live peacefully and protect the environment. And, you know, that, back to your question, I've had two totally different experiences as a student. And let's begin with the first one, which is the standardized curriculum. There is based on more theory, less implementation, 
and a lot of competitive tests that exhaust my wonderful mind as a young person. And my experience with the standardized curriculum was not fun, impactful, nor rewarding. And while I was going through the standardized curriculum, I underwent a totally different method of learning as a global citizen, which then allowed me to discover myself, get to know my passions, and also have discussions with my peers from across the globe. I've learned more about adding value to the society, and this method of learning is real life, and there's no formula for it. It is based on the interest of the learner, and I enjoy this method of learning even more. The learner-centered approach has enabled me to achieve a lot, and part of it is my sister and I setting up a program to educate our peers about the 17 Global Goals, also known as SDGs, incorporating children's rights. And I talk about my experiences with learning in my blog at kikaoculture.com, which I'd love for you and everyone else to see. Thank you so much. I agree with you 100% that this is what education should look like. And when we talk about 21st century learning, we're in 2024. We've been in the 21st century for 24 years, and we're still talking about how do we do this? And I think we're taking too much time. And it's now time for us to listen to young people. I think adults can only go so far. I think we're great as mentors. I think that we can give structure and give guidance, but I think we need to work as a team. I think intergenerational learning is important and working as a team between young learners, adults, and figure out how we can actually do this together and learn from each other. It takes a lot of humility from adults to do that, right? To say, you know what? I don't know everything and I don't know how to do a different way of learning because I've just done it the way I've done it my whole life because that's all I know. Can you please help me give me innovative ideas and teach me a new way? I love that you're doing this with your sister and that you have this passion and this drive to look at your own educational experience and say, you know what, this isn't working for me. And it's probably not working for a lot of students. And I want to do something with my sister and really support children. And the fact that you are teaching about the SDGs and the United Nations Sustainable Goals, which are so important, a lot of people don't know about them and especially don't know about children's rights. So thank you so much for coming on the show to talk about that. Um, kind of moving into my next question is kind of like, you know, with your background, why are you so passionate about being a leader in education and creating this program, your Why Not campaign and the website that you have that we're going to link and plug in the show notes so everyone can find you. And we'll talk about that towards the end of the show. But where did this come from and how did this come to be that you became um, a young entrepreneur, a CEO and, you know, an activist and wanting to even teach people about these STGs? Well, first of all, I am a leader and a passionate global citizen, you know, with everything that I'm doing. And my main drive is that we can achieve whatever we put our minds to as human beings. And we see this from the point of birth to a human being, through its development from an infant to a child, and again, through to adulthood. I recognize that education is a lifelong process. And what is in question is the content we are learning. I did not learn about the 17 global goals or child rights in school. And yet, this is crucial knowledge that will enable us to meet our personal goals 
for the world we want to see. And when I received my Dan Award in 2020 due to pushing for Global Goal 4, quality education, through a FIFA grassroots program I set up, the reality of this achievement sparked an interest in my sister. And I remember very well, she was very little and she was asking me, hey, Ferdinand, how can you educate our peers about the 17 Global Goals in a fun and transformative way? So then that question in itself ignited us to come up with a program, a solid plan and structure about cacao cultures. And my sister and I engaged my father and the rest of my production house that guide us to implement our ideas. And through my experience with implementing the SDGs, I get the vision to replicate positive ideas to the world. And that is what enabled me to craft my Why Not campaign. I love that. So can you tell us a little bit more in detail about your Why Not campaign, what you do, um, about your you know, programs that you're running, maybe how you're able to reach you know, young people and also adults and get the message out there? Sure. And first of all, you know, children have a right to get information from the internet, radio, television, newspapers, books, and other sources. And, you know, adults should make sure the information they are getting is not harmful. And government should encourage the media to share information from lots of different sources in languages that all children can understand. And I've just quoted Article 17 of the NCRC. But your questions about my work with the Convention on Rights of the Child and the Global Goals when it comes to children, right? And my yes. up campaign. Now, I will quote Global Goal 4, quality education, and it is what I'm doing right now, educating about Global Goal 17, partnerships for the goals. I'm going direct to target 17.6, which states, and I quote, with rapid changes in technology, knowledge innovation has become more and more complex. And complex partners facilitate knowledge creation and innovation in complex problem solving, relying on research and development cooperation with forerunners. Latecomers can acquire new knowledge factors and new ideas and use them to create new knowledge, which could be the solution to our greatest problems today. And this study demonstrated the knowledge innovation mechanism based on linkages between periphery knowledge and core knowledge with knowledge map theory and set methodology. And I'm really glad you asked because the work that I am dealing with based on the Convention on the Rights of the Child and the Global Goals is through uh, my program, Kikau Cultures, and now I Why Not Campaign, a project I started as the co-founder. And I started the Why Not Campaign after organizing and conducting training sessions of the SDGs to my peers at the government-run children's centers. And through SDG 4, Transformation Map Education Skills and Learning, underneath the pillar Arts in Education, technological innovation is fundamentally transforming education and updating the skills required for modern work. This is why Global Goal 4 is very important to my peers. Building future-ready and pandemic-proof education systems requires curricular fit for the 21st century, coupled with consistent delivery of widely accessible instruction that builds a solid foundation for a lifetime of adopting and developing new abilities. And that's what we offer through my program, Kikao Cultures. The government-run children's center here in Nairobi takes care of children who are rescued from, you know, trouble homes, the street life, their abandoned children, and orphans too. And we all have rights as children. 
Article 1 of the UNCRC really defines us as being under the age of 18. And my government here in Kenya is doing a lot to safeguard our rights through the Ministry of Labor and National Directorate of Children's Services. Kenya passed a new law. I'm always repeating this all the time. The Children's Act 2022 that spells out how we should be handled and what our responsibilities are. I wonder, what is happening in your country, Jackie? Well, I want to say that I'm so impressed that you are working at the level of working with governmental organizations and getting as far reach as you can to as many kids as possible. The fact that you are, you know, uplifting kids that are orphans or do not have access to education. And I think that this is an important conversation because there's so many kids around the world that do not have access to education to technology, to resources, and they are going to be the ones left behind. And it is a human right to be educated, to be have literacy, to have technology, to have the tools to be able to be ready for the workforce that is in the 21st century right now, that is going to elevate you not only in necessarily like your home country, but what if you want it to move somewhere else because there was a job opportunity. You want those skills to be able to compete in other markets. So I think that you're way ahead of the a game when it comes to young people thinking about that. Um, me personally, in my experience in teaching, there are a lot of resources in my area and in my schools, but we do not have a lot of students who think the way that you think that see themselves as leaders, as a global citizen. We try to promote it as much as possible. We talk about sustainable goals and the United Nation SDGs in our classroom. We work on some project-based learning, but I think I don't, I don't see a lot of students having the sense of agency because my part of my mission is I think we still have a very traditional school system, like you mentioned in your early experience that's standardized, that's putting kids in boxes that's only teaching certain content, that's very much about teacher driving the education, driving the content to the student, dumping information in your head of what they think is purposeful, and then taking a standardized test. And that really doesn't allow the student to be ready for the real world and for the future. I think education needs to be very much like a lab, experimental, entrepreneurial, you know, you really need to get at what are the gifts and talents of each individual child? What are their interests? And give them as many real life experiences to experiment, to fail, because part of failure is also learning and your own growth. And it's part of the experimentation process. If we look at anything in life, it's a science. Everything is a science. It's about collecting data and then dissecting it seeing what works and doesn't work, throwing things out the window and bringing things back, going back to the drawing board. And we have taught our kids so much that failure is bad and that you have to get an A and you have to do this on a test and you have to compete against your peer. And if you have this grade and your peer has this grade, they're better, you're not. It's, it's a terrible way of existence. And it really is not about community and it's not about growth. And it's not about individuality and what you can express as your own person. And that's what you're trying to do is really bring as many resources to kids and get them to tap into what they truly are and what they want to do. So my perspective is very much like yours, Ferdine, is that I want to 
promote this in all schools, even schools who have lots of resources, they're not promoting the mindset. You can have the technology, you could have the smart boards, you can have the computers, you can have all of that. But if you have still a school mindset of put the kid in a box, take a test, failure is bad, you can't really do anything else outside the school but what we're giving you, then we're actually not moving forward. So I think it's technology and the mindset together. And that's like what you're doing. So I feel very aligned with your work. So um, kind of moving into, you know, anything else about, you know, what you're doing with your uh, program and your vision for the future of education. How do you think we can shift the education system, not only in say Kenya or in America, but globally? I mean, great question. And if I talk about my vision for the future of education, it would be us achieving all targets under Global Goal 4, possibly by expanding more avenues and spaces for democratic education. In one scenario I can share, students coming up with innovative learning methods, and I can give really amazing examples. I have, a, I have lots of good examples, but they could use AI to tap into the realm of biomimicry and use it as a way to solve nature-based problems and global problems. And we can start by introducing both social-emotional learning, SEL, and project-based learning, PBL, into our learner-centered environment by coming up with quiz nights, going for an outdoor camping experience, by using that as a way to understand biomimicry even better. We can tie all that to PBL. Now, let's go to when students engage in hobbies and meditation practices, they again tap into their SEL, social emotional learning. When children learn in a fun and transformative way, they remember and can implement. And I'm an education innovator at 100.org. I'm one of the younger education innovators. If we have platforms where children can have access to different models of education, then this can be a step forward towards meeting Global Goal 4, targets 4.5, that eliminate gender disparities in education and ensure equal access to all levels of education and vocational training for the vulnerable, including persons with disabilities, indigenous people, and children in vulnerable situations. And Target 4.8, which seeks to build and upgrade education facilities that are child, disability, and gender sensitive and provide safe, non-violent, inclusive, and effective learning environments for all. And target 4A, which provides for substantially increasing the supply of qualified educators, including through international cooperation for educator training in developing countries, especially least developed countries and small island developing states. And so children can be empowered by knowing that they are part of the Why Not campaign, which is a comprehensive plan that is inclusive for all children. And through the Why Not campaign, I'm taking into account all unique circumstances and ensuring that together we are aware and take action on the UNCRC, which will reach every child, regardless of their situation. And my target is 1 billion children, you know, empowered by Article 15 of the UNCRC, which provides every child the right to meet with other children and to join groups and organizations, as long as this does not stop other people from enjoying their rights. And so 
and establishing a global network of child rights activists and advocates to exchange best practices, resources, and support local initiatives for children by children, because we can speak for ourselves now. And I'm inviting you to participate in the Wine Up campaign. You know, it's simple. Just head on to kickoutculture.com and click on the Wine Up campaign button to get started. You can read your articles and pick the one that you most identify with. You could record a video of yourself talking about why the article is important to you. And you can send me your video at kickoutcultures.gmail.com, which I will post all the good videos on the Why Not Campaign social channels. Just make sure to follow Why Not Campaign on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Stay updated on what we are doing. That, you know, those are my thoughts on how the education system can be, to be honest. So, yeah. I love that. That's great. It's just starting a movement with getting more young people to join your campaign. So it's not just, well, we're listening to you and you're this leader in education, but we can all be leaders, right? Any child from around the world. And this is the beautiful part of technology. There's a lot of things where in technology can be problematic, right? And people can get addicted to social media and people could say, oh, these kids are on TikTok all the time. They're addicted to social media, but look at what you're doing. You're elevating these wonderful tech tools to promote this why not campaign and get more students, more kids on board to be these activists. And I tell my students this all the time. I teach um, like 15 to like 18 years old. So in like the upper school age group. And I tell them all the time, like Gen Z now coming up, Gen Alpha you are our activists and you're using technology, you're using social media for the good. And if you keep doing that, then that's when we see it as a benefit because this is how we become a global community is by using the technology and we have to embrace it. This is how you can have democratic education. You can have democratic education where students can put education back into their own hands and do something with it and have agency because they can go on YouTube. They can jump on a Zoom call or a Google Meet call. They can go on TikTok and they can watch videos or upload videos and be part of this experience together. So I will definitely link all of your websites in the show notes and promote, promote, promote to come and find you, share their ideas and their videos. Is this just for young people to join your Why Not campaign? Or is this for other adults who are interested in being part of your mission as well? Just curious. Well, well, it's great to be curious, you know, and the Why Not Companion Kickout Cultures is for those who are aged 7 to 17. This is the age group where, you know, they unlock their full potential and use their ideas to drive about change. So then, yeah, it's for those who are 7 to 17 years old. Perfect. And yeah, I love that. If I may ask, uh, Jackie, do you have any kids? Do I have any children? I actually don't. I don't have any of my own children, but I always say that, you know, I have right now on my roster, 80 kids. So my my students always feel very much like part of my, you know, life experience, but I don't have any of my own children. Fine. Well, you could get your, you know, students to come and join me on my Why Not campaign and Kick Out yeah. Cultures, because that would drive about positive change and movement, to be honest. I would love to share this with my classes. They would be super into this idea because the students are always sharing how, 
young people need to be more kind of in charge and like have their ideas shared. They don't want to be dictated by adults anymore. Again, I think adults are present in their life to give structure and guidance and help mentor. But you as an individual, we need to give more credit to kids of saying you have ideas and you're pretty brilliant and you have a new way of looking at the world and we can learn from you. And that's why I do want to see within the educational system, adults and young people doing this as a team and working like in a circle, like in community and not top down with just older people telling you what to do or telling you what not to do or who to be and what not to be. That is old school. We're moving away from that. We're in a new time period. And I think it's about time we have real democratic education. So thank you so much for sharing all of that. Any final sharing or words that you would like to talk about here on the show? Well, all I have to say is, you know, thank you, Jackie, for taking the time to speak with me, the youngest educator on the Teacher's Story podcast today. And I hope that our conversation inspires more similar words, creating the much needed intergenerational allyship, because this is all we need in the 21st century. And especially this year, 2024, going forward, we need this. Yes, we do. Thank you so much. This has been such an honor to have you on the show. And I look forward to having more young activists and people who are really caring about education on the show as well. So if you ever have any other contacts, anyone who wants to showcase their ideas and what they're working on, please get them in contact with me. I would love to have them on the show. And I can't wait to be able to collaborate more with you and bring your resources to my uh, students as well. Uh, thank you too. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to The Teacher's Story. If you like this story, please subscribe and leave a review. You can also follow this podcast on YouTube and subscribe and leave a comment. All reviews help this podcast keep going and elevating teacher voices.